Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to another episode of Kingdom Talk with Tanya. Um, Thank you for tuning in today. I am very thrilled about um, today's podcast because I have a couple of my favorite people um, here to talk about marriage. Um, My daughter, Jasmine, who has been married a little over a year, um, is on the podcast today, and then one of my best friends in the world, Tasha, who's married, been married over 17 years, is also on the call today. And again, the um, the topic, or the topic is marriage, but the title um, is marriage. It takes work, and if you're married, you know marriage takes work. If you're not married, I'm sure you've heard that marriage takes work. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Jasmine and Tasha, by, by no means, have degrees, psychology degrees, um, to be able to speak professionally to this subject, but both of them are married. So they're going to speak from their own experience, and I hope and pray that when we have finished, you will get some nuggets from them that will take you further in their marriage, that will give you some insight, that will help prepare you for marriage, um, because that's what it's all about. This podcast is about encouraging, inspiring, uplifting, um, and promoting love. And so that's what it's all about, and that's what we're going to talk about. You're listening to Kingdom Talk with Tanya. The scripture for um, this chat that we're going to have today comes from Proverbs 31, 10 through 12 and 25 through 28. I will tell you, Proverbs 31 is about the virtuous woman. So if you haven't read that chapter, I would encourage you to read it because the virtuous woman was pretty special. I say she was Wonder Woman, honestly, or Superwoman. She had an S on her chest for real. But we all want to aspire to be like the virtuous woman. But the the parts that I pulled out of it says... Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. Again, that's Proverbs 31, 10 through 12, and then 25 through 28. The virtuous woman. We all want to aspire to be the virtuous woman. And I believe both Jasmine and Tasha, just because I personally know them both, carry and possess the traits of the virtuous woman. So we're going to start with Jasmine today. As I said, Jasmine's been married a little over a year. She was married December 12th, 2022. Um, So she's newly married, and a lot of people would say, well, how can someone who's only been married a year give advice? But I will tell you, Jasmine is the one that actually um, inspired me to talk on this subject today. And the reason being is because on Jasmine's anniversary in December, of last year, she put a post up and it was so real and raw and authentic. I was like, what? This is my daughter? What? 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 Because it was so awesome, the things that she said and the wisdom that she was kicking. I was just like, I was extremely impressed. Uh, and I, So I'm going to read that first before I start my conversation with Jasmine. I'm going to read the seven points that she made 
um, as a married woman that she learned from her first year of marriage. And she actually says in the post, um, some things I've learned in our first year of marriage, one year of marriage down. Okay, so number one is if you think you know everything there is to know about your partner, guess again. You're always learning something new. I love that one because we are always learning something new. Why are we always learning something new? Because we're ever changing. We are evolving every day. We're evolving personally, so why would we think our mate is not evolving? We're all constantly changing. So that's so powerful and so wise. Number two is healthy communication really is one of the main factors to a successful marriage. Well, everybody I know who's ever given advice on marriage talks about communication. We're going to talk about that some today as well. Communication is so important. And she said healthy communication. It's so important. It's one of the main factors. And I would agree with her on that. Number three was compromise, compromise, compromise. That's important. We have to learn to compromise. We can't always get our way in marriage. Marriage is a two-way street. I don't believe that the virtuous woman is a woman who um, everything was the way she wanted it to be. I'm sure she was a woman of compromise. Number four is always find the time to come up with new and exciting ways to date each other. I think that one's really powerful. And I, and I believe in the honeymoon phase, which Jasmine is still in, being a little over one year in, she probably is, is still is able to date her husband. I think for anyone out there who's been married for a number of years, or maybe you have children, you find dating hard. This is something I'm going to challenge Jasmine to hold on to and always do in her marriage, no matter how many years she's been married. And I, when we talk to Tasha a little bit later, I'm going to say, I'm going to ask her the question about dating her husband because she's over 17 years in and they have a child. So do they still date? We'll find out later. And then the fifth one is your partner may not be at 100% every day, but be there as someone they can learn from or, excuse me, lean on when they have days like that. Let me repeat it because I was stumbling. Your partner may not be at 100% every day. Be there as someone they can lean on when they have days like that. Well, I think that's so important because I need you and you need me. When I'm not at 100%, you, I need you to, to, to make up that difference. So maybe I'm only at 30% today. Your 70 can top us off and vice versa. I should be willing to do that for you and you should be willing to do that for me in a marriage. So I think that was that's very wise. Number six is always have each other's back as long as it's within reason. I love that one. That one's a big one to me because I've been married before. And to be honest, I didn't always feel that. I didn't always feel that, that, you know, my somebody had my back, the person that's supposed to be my backbone. And when you don't feel that your spouse has your back and you have their back, it's easy for your marriage to crumble. So it's very important to have one another's back. So I love that. You are one. The two become one flesh. You want to be whole and 100% when you come into a marriage and your partner should be too, but you are still one, one flesh, the Bible says. So that's so good. Number seven is never let anyone speak ill will over your marriage. Wow. I'm telling you, that's also very biblical. 
we have to be very careful what we say about our partner and what other people say about our partner. Words have power. So even if there are, are flaws that other people see in our character, they have no right to speak ill will of our partner and we should always stand up for one another. And that goes back to number six, having one another's back. I love it. And the number eight and finally is always keep each other laughing. Laughing is good for the soul. So we should keep each other laughing for sure. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. So we should always laugh and enjoy one another's company. And then she said in closing, these are just a few things, few of the things I have learned within just a year. We've got a long way to go, but there's no one I'd rather share this life with than you, babe. Love you forever. So I just honestly like this. I'm sure everybody that just heard me probably learned something because I learned something from it. And Jasmine just turned 27 yesterday. Um, so she just had a happy birthday or a birthday. Happy belated birthday, Jasmine. Um, but honestly, only being married a year and figuring all this stuff out thus far, I think that she's in a, she's good. And, and JB's blessed to have her as a wife. I can honestly say that. So, Jasmine, sure time to shine. <laughs> um, I'm sure some people believe that you married too young because you're 27. You married when you were, what, 25 going into 26. Um, I, as your mom, I knew you were ready. You're responsible. You're settled, loyal. You're very grounded. What are your thoughts now that you've been married a little over a year? Do you think that you got married too early? So I definitely want to preface it, preface this by saying um, getting married young is not for everyone. Um, you know, we're all on different paths in life. Um, so that's definitely something that I wanted to, to say. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I, I know, not that I feel, I know that our marriage was God-ordained. So to me, I don't even question it. I just know that it was the path that God had for me. Um, and, you know, it was one of the best decisions I believe that I've I made um, so far in my life. Um, it is definitely a roller coaster ride. You know, there's not, it's not always going to be rainbows and gumdrops, but it's worth it when you have your person and you know that it's your person um, you you choose to to fight and to stay and to and to make it work and to just work through any any problems that you may have. So, um, yeah, no marriage for me. You know, being young, though it's not necessarily um, the norm in society. Uh, you know, it was the it was the path that I that I know God wanted me to take. Okay, I love that because. Um, for, for my listeners out there, it's so important to marry the person that God has for you. I think sometimes we go into a marriage for the wrong reasons because we want security, because we think we're so in love with this person. Um, but oftentimes we do, we see red flags, um, before we marry someone. I think it's very, very, very important to wait for the person that God has for you. Um, and so I would just say that what Jasmine said was really powerful. Marriage at getting young, married young is not for everyone. Uh, for some people, you get married older. I got married older in life and my marriage didn't last. Um, so just make sure you're married the, the person that God has for you, whether you're young or old and work through it. You will, it will give you, um, 
more reason to want to work through whatever issues or problems come up as you progress. Because I tell you what, the Bible says that man and woman were enmity against one another. And that was in Genesis after the fall of man, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. He said we would be enmity. Basically, we're enemies. We're different. Men are different from women. So we're not going to see eye to eye every single day but to continue to work, to make it work is what it's all about. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing, Jasmine. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. Communication. Communication is key. You talked about communication in your list of of things you've learned. Um, Everyone says that. So what have you learned about communication in your marriage in your last year? I definitely feel like I learned this point the hard way because for me, uh, whether it's, you know, within my marriage or, you know, family or if it's a platonic friendship, I feel like I'm one to kind of shut down rather than express my thoughts and my feelings. And that's not a good thing. Um, you know, you, you definitely want to, to communicate and be open. Um, so there's no room for confusion or room for resentment. And so I was definitely one to shut down if there was any sort of disagreement. Um, and my, my husband, JB, he definitely is one to kind of, kind of try and pull it out of me, whatever it is that, that that's on my mind. And so we kind of hit a brick wall for a little bit. And, you know, I'm not, I'm saying all this to say, you know, I'm not perfect, but I definitely feel like communication is key because um, you, you have to work past whatever it is that you're going through. And the only way that you can do that is to constantly have an open dialogue. And even if you have to take a little bit of time to kind of cool off, just so you don't say something that you may regret, um, you know, you can do that. But you want to, you know, come back to your partner and have that open communication so that you can work past whatever you're going through. That's great. Um, that open communication, that open dialogue, understanding that we all have different personalities. I think it's interesting that you are the one that shuts down and he's the one that wants to talk about it. Because when you talk to most people, it's the other way around. It's the woman and we want to talk about it right now. If you read the books on on marriage, they'll say most of the time it's the woman that wants to talk about it right now. And the man wants to go away and think about it and then come back. So that's interesting. There's a little reverse for you guys, but I love that it's something you both recognized and you're working through it. That's what makes it so important. Um, so that's great. That's awesome. Um, so, is being married different than dating and being engaged? And if so, how? 100%, I would say. Um, I remember vividly people would ask us when we were engaged if we felt like marriage was going to be different. And in the moment, I would say I didn't feel like it would be. But it 100% is because when you get married, you take on everything that your spouse is going through you take on their burdens you take on their finances you take on everything so yeah it is 100% different and you want to it's not even like you feel obligated to it's that you want to because that that's your person that's your partner through life and so yeah it does make things a little bit different because you feel like there's more on the line and obviously, I can't speak to this yet, but I can imagine that it, it feels even more so like that once you start building a family. So, yeah, I would say it's definitely different. So I love that you said that. And while you were speaking, God was speaking to me and speak. God was speaking to me to speak to speak to my listeners. So listeners, if you are out there and you're doing all the things that Jasmine said as a girlfriend, 
You are out of order. You are not a wife, and no man should expect you to be a wife. We're talking to women here. We're not talking to men, but I want men to hear it and listen to it too, and it applies to you as well. Don't act like a wife until he makes you a wife. He doesn't deserve for you to act like a wife, taking on those obligations and, as Jasmine said, quote-unquote burdens, um, unless you're his wife. So be mindful of that. I love that you said that because that's exactly what I heard in my spirit in that moment. Um, be a wife when he makes you a wife, but you don't, you're don't. you not obligated to play the role of a wife if he hasn't put a ring on it and said, I do. So that's just my two cents on that, and that's what I heard in my spirit. Um, so my last question for you for now is, how is the balance with marriage, God, family, work, and friends going right now? So to be uh, 100% candid, I'm still figuring that out. And um, actually a couple months ago, uh, that was something that I was actually struggling with, was kind of figuring out that balance. Because one thing that I told myself is that I never want to lose myself within my marriage you know, people talk about, um, you know, how like it's your other half or it's your better half. But something that I've heard that I think is so profound is that people say marriage isn't about isn't it about being a half. It's about being a whole. And, you know, you I feel like you really need to you do need to have that balance because you don't want to lose yourself. Like you still need to go out with your friends and spend time with your family and make time for yourself and, you know, have some self-care, whether it's like going for a walk or listening to music or, you know, journaling, whatever it is that makes you happy and content. I feel like it's important for you to, to do that and to spend time with yourself to continue to um, just really discover who you are and what your purpose is so you can walk that out. Um, cause I feel like the more, um, the more sure you are of yourself, the better you can be for your partner. Gosh, that's, that's so wise. That's wonderful. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I think me time and self-care is so important not to be consumed by your spouse and vice versa. Um, I think insecurities sometimes creep in for people who don't want to let you unleash you to give you some time to yourself. We all need time to ourselves to continue to grow as individuals because, yes, we're married and, yes, we're one, but we are still an individual person. And I love that Jasmine said she had to be careful not to lose herself. And we have to make sure we're we're fitting it all in, and it's a lot. We have a lot of responsibilities as women, as mothers, as people in the workforce, as a friend, as a woman of God, there's a lot that we have to deal with. But as women, I think we do it pretty well. Um, so for my listeners out there, if it is something that you need to work on to give yourself some me time and to talk to your partner about that you don't feel like you're getting enough of that, just do it. Be vulnerable, be open, be honest, communicate, share what you think and how you're feeling and get that time for yourself so that you can continue to learn and grow as an individual. Well, thank you, Jasmine. I couldn't have said any everything you said better myself. So that was just awesome. We're going to transition to Tasha, 17 and a half years married, I would say. Uh, we have to put a half on it because um, she's probably closer to 18 than she is 17. Um, long That's a long time in this day and age. Um, marriage is, is tough. They say if you get to that seven-year mark, you've kind of crossed the hump, crossed over the hump. Um, of divorce, but I know people have been married 25, 30, 35 years. I had a coworker 
a couple years ago who had been married 35 years. And she shared with me that after 35 years, she and her husband called it quits. They walked away from each other. They had just grown apart over the years. So, um, you know, folks, some people make it and some people don't. But this is a marriage that has withstood the test of time. So, Tasha, drop some nuggets and wisdom on what you know today that you didn't know or do early in your marriage. One of the things that I know now that I didn't know early on was probably effective um, and healthy communication. Um, I think it's important to listen as much or more than you talk. I think it's very important that you you take time to listen to what your spouse is actually um, communicating to you. Because even if they're, you know, even if they're arguing, even if they're yelling or in a loud tone with you, you still can take time out and actually listen through the um, the anger, through the hollering, to see exactly what it is that they are trying to convey to you. And I think that if you just take time to hear your spouse and to listen to what they're actually saying and versus you waiting for them to stop talking so you can get your point across, I think that that's, that's beneficial. It has been beneficial in my marriage. Um, another thing that I have learned is that, um, patience, patience, just, you know, just being patient, things are not always going to happen when you want it to happen. Your spouse is not always going to move to the beat of your drum and it's, and it doesn't have anything to necessarily to do with you. It's just them as an individual. And it's just being patient and understanding that, you know, you can't always be in control of the situation that has really gave me a lot of peace over the years. Gosh, those those are both, that's great advice, listening. Listening better than you talk. That's good to say that to somebody like me who talks a lot. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's good to say to all women, honestly. I agree, we're, I agree. We're, we're, we're quick to be like, well, you know, we because we want to get the last word. I, I feel like because... We are the less dominant sex. We feel like, you know, having the last word or being loud will get us heard and, and get us what we're trying to convey over and get us have our way. So I think that it's, it's very important that, you know, you know, we need to listen more than we talk. I mean, we have two ears, one mouth. So that's what it. I tell you? <laughs> good point. Very, very good point. Um, I agree 100% with you. And oftentimes we are listening to respond versus listening to actually hear what the other person is saying. I also love what you said about whether, what it, no matter the tone. I actually heard a pastor say this one time. I think it's so true. Women's dominant emotion, when we're upset or when we're going through something, our dominant emotion is to cry. A man's dominant motion, emotion is anger. Mm-hmm. They are, it's a dominant emotion for a man. And I think that's sometimes true. And it doesn't mean that he's this mean, burly, bad person. It's just, that's the emotion that they sometimes express. So I love you said that because when they are angry, um, you know, remaining calm ourselves. I remember you telling me this. You actually gave me this advice one time in my marriage and it just i just remembered it you said you both can't be angry at the same same time so yeah i have the attitude like i'll go from zero to one thousand real quick and i think a lot of women and men do 
Um, so if you come at me, I'm coming back. But it was such powerful advice because what problem is that going to solve? If my husband or my spouse is angry and they're yelling, it's my job to defuse the situation instead of coming back at them with that same tone because we're not going to be able to resolve the issue. So I think that that's really great advice for anyone out there that has kind of that same attitude I have. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. So um, is marriage as hard as they say it is? And has it become easier over time? Okay. Is marriage hard? I think marriage is whatever you make it. If you want it to be hard, it's going to be hard. If you want it, you know, to, to be lovely, it's going to be lovely. It's all in about what, how you make it. And I think that um, the thing about marriage that I think probably people think is hard is because every day you have to do a new if that makes sense. Like every day is the same goal. You're, you're trying to be on one accord. You're, you're trying to get along. You're trying to have healthy communication. That's an everyday thing. Like that, it just don't, you know, you don't establish it in the beginning and it, and it stays like that for years. It's something that you do every day. Almost like working out. You have to eat, right? You have to work out to, for you to have a six pack, for you to look good. It, it's, it's a consistent thing. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? Um, I was just thinking from a biblical perspective, God said he will give us our daily bread. He's not giving us what we need for next week or next month. It's daily. So marriage is no different. It's daily. Like you said, every day is a new day, um, no matter what yesterday held. Um, and so, yeah, we're constantly um, working at this thing. And I also heard you say it's not hard, but it takes work. It's work. Um that it is. Yeah. Yeah. So after um, 17 years of marriage, I know that forgiveness has been a factor um, because no one does everything right all the time. So talk a little bit about that, about forgiveness. Well, the, the, the whole thing about forgiveness is it's easy to forgive. I feel like it's easy to forgive because I can forgive you and move on. Or I can forgive you and we can carry on in our marriage and get through the hump or whatever it is. Um, but it's the forgetting part that's really hard. For me, it was really hard because it, it's, it's hard to like when you do get into your feelings and when you get upset, it's so easy to go back to, well, you remember when? You remember back in July when it, it's, it was so easy to do that. But that's part of forgiving is to literally forget and move on and try because, you know, the Bible says love keeps no record of wrongdoing. So it's very hard. To, the flesh does not want to forget. It, it doesn't want to let go. But, you know, the spirit is, is, is willing with that forgiveness. Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. Forgetting. Jasmine, are you have you been guilty of um, throwing something back up that might have happened in the past? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> I think probably every married person, man and yeah. woman, can say they're guilty, guilty of that. Like, forgiving them but not forgetting it and it will come back up um so that's something i think we all could work on for sure not just in marriage but in relationships in general yeah mm -hmm. so you have bonus children but um you also you and danny have a son who is now eight 
Um, and so you've been married, you know, over 17 years. Cassius is eight. So you were married many years before you actually had a child in the home. How did things change once Cassius came into the world? to another level with Cassius being in the mix because now we are parents like we're, we're truly parents to the same child like I mean you know he he had the girls and of course they had their mom um so that was a different dynamic but with him and I having a child together you know now we have this it, it took our relationship up a notch and, and we all we, we literally fell in love with each other again well I fell in love with him all over again I'm sure he fell in love with me oh. too, <laughs> Yeah, a child in the mix does require um, prioritization, making time still yeah. for one another. So I'll ask you the dating question that was one of Jasmine's things. After 17 plus years of marriage, do you and Danny still date? We do date. Um, I think that I would like for us to date more often than what we do. But when we can fit it in, when we, you know, you can feel like, you know, sometimes when you get into a rut, you be like, okay, it's time for us to do something. Get out this rut. Like, like when you work out, you hit a, um, what is it? A pl- pl- plateau. Plateau. Yes, a plateau. Uh-huh. So, you know, our relationship will hit one of them. We'll look at each other and be like, yeah, we need some time alone. We need to go away. So what do you think is the key to a lasting marriage? I think the key to a lasting marriage is healthy communication, always being honest, and um, I think knowing your your spouse's love language is very important. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, love language. Okay, so for the listeners, if you don't know about the love languages, there is a book, and it's by Gary Chapman. And it's called The Five Love Languages. It's another great resource and good book to get. Tasha said, women are from Venus and men are from Mars. A great book to get. And also, The Five Love Languages. There are five love languages. And I'm not going to go through them right now, but read the book. Um, Determine what yours are. There are tests that you can take online as well. And just Google The Five Love Languages of Love. And um, take the test so you can find out what yours are are and then give the test to your husband so you can find out what his is but it's good to to kind of guess on your own before you even take the test what you are and what your spouse is but knowing their love language and communicating to them in that language is a very 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 important thing because their language might be different than yours and maybe you're communicating them with them in the language that you want to communicate it in i'll tell you mine is quality time Maybe I'm communicating with my significant other by wanting to spend time, but his is acts of service, which means he wants me to cook dinner and 
make sure the house is clean and, you know, take care of the children even though I don't have a child. But, you know, do things that are acts of service. I don't have young children, I should say. I have a child. I, my child is sitting here looking at me like, you don't have a child. <laughs> so I'm having fun with this uh, podcast listeners. But um, anyway, I don't have small children. So that maybe that's his language and I'm not communicating in that language because I just want to spend time. So yes, learn your partner's love language. That's a great one. Tasha, anything else that you, um, we haven't talked about that you think would be important for our listeners to hear? I think it's very important to keep Christ at the center, making sure that Christ is, that you have a relationship with Christ before you try to get in a relationship with anybody. I think that's first and foremost. And I think that keeping, you know, keeping Christ as at the head of your marriage and understanding why God designed the order or designed marriage the way he did. I think that that foundation is helpful in marriages. Yeah. So that is a great ending of, uh, for you as well, because uh, that's it. That's the key. That's 100%. This is a Christian podcast. So absolutely, you know, I 1000% agree with that. Christ needs to be at the center of your of your life and of your marriage and your relationship. Because if he's not, it's already gonna be hard. We've talked about it. Men and women are different. It's already gonna be a lot of work. And if God's not in it, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but yeah. yeah, keeping Christ at the center is the most important thing, I think, to a lasting marriage. I would 100% agree with you on that. Jasmine, do you have any final thoughts or, or words you want to share? Yeah, actually, um, something something that I really liked um, that the pastor at the church I attended said um, he's doing a series right now for the month of February on relationships and marriage. And one of the things that he said, you know, oftentimes when people separate or divorce, they say that they fell out of love. And he said that there's no such thing as falling out of love because it's a choice. Every day you wake up and you make the choice to be married to this person and to to go through life with this person. So it's there's no such thing as falling out of love. It's simply that you just stopped trying and stopped making it work. And so that was really profound to me that he said that. Um, so that's definitely a little nugget that I that I think is important. Wow. Okay. Both of them went out with a bang. Keeping God at the center, which is more important than anything um, to me and should be to us all. And what Jasmine just shared, that you don't fall out of love. You just... You make a choice. You make a choice to stop trying. So if you're married... I challenge you, keep trying. And if you think you're out of love, make a choice to continue loving your partner. Now, if you're in an abusive marriage or abusive situation, I will never support and or condone that. And I don't think that God intended for you to be in an abusive situation. And that's my opinion. That's what I think. And that's what I believe. I don't believe that God intended for that. And if you're in a relationship where there's infidelity, he gives us permission to walk away for that. Now, that the decision is yours. If it's something you want to work through and fight through and you want to fight for your marriage, I 100% support you in that. Um, unless you're in an abusive situation. Because that's going to do nothing but tear tear your character and prevent you from being everything that God has called you to be. Because we all have a purpose. And if you're being abused, it's kind of hard for you to be completely fulfilled and be what God has called you to be. 
But if it's a situation where the, your partner is worth fighting for and they're willing to get help and get better, um, fight all day because marriage is worth fighting for. And if you married them and you said those vows, um, you know, stick at, stick with it and don't fall out of love, but make a choice every day to love them. Well, podcast listeners, I am so grateful for Jasmine and for Tasha again for being on here. I'm going to close us out in prayer. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day you have made. We thank you for your grace, your goodness, your mercy, God. We thank you for love. You said that love was the greatest of all these. There's faith and there's hope, but love is the greatest. So God, we thank you for the love that you show us every day and that you showed us when you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to the cross to die for our sins. There is no greater love. We just pray that you will help us to learn to love like you did. Help us to learn to love all of our loved ones, but especially our spouses, God, with the love of Christ. Lord, help spouses, men to love their wives like Christ loves the church and women to respect their husbands, which is something that all men need. God, help us to um, just make this thing work, God. Help us to show and exhibit love to everybody that we're around, God. And if there's anything that anyone that's listening stands in need of, God, I just pray that you will listen to their heart right now and that you will meet their needs. God, we love you. We praise you. And we pray to you these in all of our prayers in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, listeners, thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to talking to you again next time. I hope that you've learned a lot from this. I know I have. Um, In the meantime, take care and be blessed. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Kingdom Talk with Tanya. 